0: Amen. Open your Bibles. We are going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. And as you're turning there, we are right in the middle of pumpkin season, right? Pumpkin pie. Everybody's uh, getting a taste for that. Hopefully you've been able to to have a little bit of pumpkin pie already. But quick question. Those those pumpkins, so important for a pumpkin pie, how do you fix one when it's broken? How do you fix a broken pumpkin? with a pumpkin patch right harley if it's broken you fix it with a pumpkin patch amen today (laughs) that's a hard one right (laughs) today we're going to talk about this man that receives sinners amen So many today believe that they have drifted and they have gone so far away from God that it's too late for them to come back. They believe that God is finished with them, that there's no way back. But this type of thinking, it's completely contrary to the word of God. Amen? God wants us all to know that there is a way back and that he is not finished with any of us Yet. Amen. Praise God that Jesus is the friend of sinners. As long as there is breath in our lungs, it's never too late for us to come home to Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pick up in Luke chapter 15, starting right at verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. So I want us to take notice here in verse 1 that we see two groups of people. God describes the first group as tax collectors. Now, in Bible times, the tax collectors, they were despised, they were hated, because they were dishonest. Amen? The tax collectors of this day, they were really puppets of Rome, puppets of the, of the Roman Empire. And they were viewed even lower than the way we view lawyers today. Amen? Just to kind of put it into perspective. So that's the tax collectors. Then we see another uh, group that the Bible describes simply as sinners. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? It's tax collectors and sinners. In reality... These two groups were the same. Amen? Both sinners. And we read that these sinners gathered to hear Jesus speak. They gathered to hear Jesus teach them. And then we see verse 2. And we're introduced to to another uh, two groups of people, two more groups. Talks about the Pharisees and the scribes. Now the Pharisees and the scribes, these were the religious leaders of that day. And they begin to complain, and they begin to criticize Jesus for keeping company with this group of what they considered lowlifes. This group of sinners. I want to say something and be very clear about this. It does not take much size to criticize, does it? Amen? Too many believers today believe that criticism is their spiritual gift? I can guarantee it's not. Amen. It is not a spiritual gift. So Jesus responds to this criticism with a parable, amen. And remember, a parable is an earthly story with a spiritual or heavenly meaning. It's an illustration. It's uh, you know, it illustrates a spiritual truth by using an analogy of normal everyday activities. Jesus took a normal everyday activity and applied it and created a spiritual illustration for it. So this particular parable has three parts to it. The first part is lost sheep. The second part is a lost coin. And the third part is a lost son. Lost sheep, lost coin, and a lost son. So let's dig into this parable and see what Jesus is teaching us. Amen? So the first thing he wants us to see is our sinful nature. Our sinful nature. Look at verse 3. So Jesus spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. So through these Three parts of this parable, you're going to see one word that's repeated over and over, and that's the word lost. Again, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. Lost, we need to understand, is a biblical term that describes our spiritual condition away or apart from Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, we are all spiritually lost. Amen? We're lost we're undone, we're unsaved, we are completely completely helpless and without hope. Amen? So when we read that term in the Bible, lost, that's exactly what it means. And Jesus illustrates here that our lost, our, our sinful condition is like being a lost sheep, a lost sheep. And what this parable outlines, it outlines our weakness apart from God. Amen? Mankind's weakness apart from God. We need to understand that being compared to a sheep is not a compliment. Amen? Sheep are plain and simply weak and dumb. Amen? Weak and dumb. They cannot survive on their own without a shepherd. Amen? Sheep cannot survive on their own without a shepherd. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. How many of us? All of us. Amen? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon Jesus the iniquity of Of us all. So the Bible clearly compares our lost nature to sheep. Our sin, our sinful nature separates us from God and makes us wander off and go astray. We wander away from His precious side. We wander into this sin cursed world and we go astray. Amen? Romans chapter 3. There is none who understand. There is none who seeks after God. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. God is talking about our spiritual condition. Amen. He's talking about our spiritual understanding. We we talk about sheep being weak and sheep being dumb compared to our lost nature, we're talking about our spiritual understanding. Amen? He's not talking about our intellectual capacity. He's not talking about how smart we are. We read in the Gospel of John chapter 3, there's a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus. You know, he sneaks away in secret, and and he comes to Jesus He was a very, very smart religious leader of his day. In order to be a Pharisee, that was the top crop of religious leaders. They had to know the Old Testament frontwards, backwards, sideways, crossways. So this man was very educated, very knowledgeable. And he comes to Jesus and he asks about salvation. He asks Jesus. He doesn't understand what it means to be born again. What did Jesus reply to him? He simply said, aren't you a master teacher? And you don't know these things? He wasn't talking about this man's intellectual capacity. He was talking about his spiritual understanding. You see, Nicodemus, he had an MJ. He had a master's in Judaism, but he didn't have a BA. He wasn't born again. Amen? You can have 10 master's degrees. You can have 20 PhDs. But if you don't have Jesus Christ, the Bible says you are spiritually illiterate, spiritually dumb like sheep. Amen? Not only are we dumb like sheep, but we are also dependent. Sheep have no ability to survive on their own. They will starve to death or they will thirst to death. They have to depend on a shepherd. That shepherd has to lead them to food and water and protect them from all their enemies. And friends, you and I, we have the same dependency. Amen. Same exact dependency. We need Jesus Christ, the shepherd of our soul, to feed us with the manna from heaven and to, and to, and to quench our thirsty souls yes. from the river of life. Amen. Amen. We need that shepherd of our soul. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Amen. You see, this is why Jesus keeps company with sinners like us. Amen. We are just like sheep. We're weak, spiritually weak. We are unable to survive without a loving shepherd to care for us and to protect us along the way. Amen? Just like sheep. So we talk about lost sheep. When the Bible speaks of lost sheep, it's talking about the weakness of mankind. It's talking about our spiritual weakness apart from God. Amen? Apart from Christ. Now let's look at the second part of this parable. Skip down to verse 8. What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So that lost coin speaks of our spiritual weakness, or that lost sheep. So this lost coin speaks of our spiritual worthlessness apart from God. Now it doesn't matter if you own a rare gold coin or a simple penny. If you lose it, they're both worthless, aren't they? Yeah, Amen? If it's lost, you can't spend it. Even if it's a rare a gold coin, it doesn't matter. When it's lost, it is worthless because you cannot spend it. has no value. And this is how the Bible describes you and I, apart from Jesus Christ. Going back to Romans chapter 3. Verse 12, they have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. Unprofitable. Amen. See, God created us to be sheep of his fold and the coin of his treasure. But we got lost. Amen. We got lost along the way. How did we get lost? Well, let's go back to this parable. Verse 8, what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, look what she does, lights a lamp, sweeps the house, and searches carefully. How did we get lost? In the darkness and the dirt of this world. Amen? In the darkness and the dirt of this world, without Jesus Christ, we are lost in the darkness and the dirt of this world. John chapter 3, verse 19. Jesus said, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be what? Exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Do you know why people don't go to church? You know, we look around, there's plenty more room in our pews to seat more people, isn't there? Why don't people go to church? Because they don't want to hear this. Amen? They don't want to hear the Bible. They don't want to hear God's Word. Why? Because the truth shines light on our evil deeds and our ungodly lifestyles. Amen? You know, many times, you know, we'll poke fun at little kids who are scared of the dark. Amen? But Let me tell you something even more shameful. That's a grown adult afraid of the light. Amen? A grown adult afraid of the light. The light that shines on their sinful lifestyle. So without Jesus Christ, we are weak, spiritual, spiritually weak like sheep. And we are spiritually worthless, just like a lost coin that can't be spent. Again, not not worthless in and of ourselves, but worthless because we are lost. Amen? doesn't matter how valuable that coin is if it is lost. Amen? Let's look at the third part of this parable. Skip down to verse 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, And he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So we see this third part of this parable is is that of the lost son. And this illustrates the, the constant wanting... Of mankind apart from Jesus Christ. We see this in verse 12. The younger of them said to his father. Father give me the portion of goods that falls to me. He basically goes to his father and says look. I want my inheritance now. Think about what he was telling his dad. In in essence he was telling his father look. I don't want you, I want what you have. And that broke his father's heart. And too many today act the same way, have the same attitude toward our Heavenly Father. They want the blessings and the goodness of God, but they don't want to spend time with Him. Amen? They want the good things in life that he provides. But they won't come to his house and visit visit with him just once a week. Amen? They want all his goodness, all the good things that he provides, but they don't want to spend time with him. And Jesus tells us these parables. He wants us to see the consequences of living life without Jesus Christ. As a lost son. Amen. So what are some of those consequences? First and foremost, life without Christ is filled with depression. Amen. Verse 14 says that he spent all. Listen, it pays to live for Jesus Christ. And it costs to live without him. Amen. It pays to live... For Jesus Christ, but it costs to live without Him. We have to understand that depression is not just emotional. Depression comes in many different forms. This also includes financial depression. You may say, look preacher, I know a lot of people who aren't living for God, but they have lots and lots of money. What we have to understand is that there is is more than one kind of poverty. Amen? More than one kind of poverty. Jesus describes it in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Jesus talking about the lukewarm church. The church in Laodicea. That is a letter directed to us today in the last dispensation of the church age. He said, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. But do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Amen. You see what he's describing there? He's talking about our spiritual condition. The poorest people on earth can have plenty in their pocket. They just don't have Jesus Christ in their heart. Amen? Those are the poorest people on earth. Living in sin apart from Jesus Christ is absolutely costly. It's costly to our character. It's costly to our time, our health. It's costly to our finances, to our love. But most importantly, it is costly to our soul. Amen. Sin will always take us farther than we want to go, keep us longer than we want to stay, and cost us way more than we could ever afford to pay. Amen? That is what sin does to our lives. Secondly, life without Christ is filled with dissatisfaction. Not just depression and its many forms, but also dissatisfaction. Think back to our, our text. Verse 16. This lost son, he says, would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. This illustrates the emptiness of life without Christ. We can search this entire world from one end to the other and all it has to offer. But we will never fill that empty void inside of each and every one of us. You know why? Because God created that void to be filled by one person. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ and Christ alone can fill that void. Jesus is is using physical hunger here to illustrate the, the spiritual hunger that we all have. That spiritual hunger that only Jesus Christ can satisfy. Amen? This is our sinful nature. Jesus made it very clear. He made it very understandable for us to see our sinful nature. So we are weak like sheep. We are worthless as a lost coin and wanting like a lost son if we don't have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. But praise God, we don't have to stay that way. Second part of this parable is that Jesus wants us to see his saving nature. He goes into great detail for us to see our sinful nature, but he also wants us to see his saving nature. I want to make sure everyone sees the contrast here. We can clearly see the depravity of mankind against the backdrop of the loving heart of Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at Verse 4. <clears throat> Jesus said, What man of you, Having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Jesus is talking about himself. Amen? Jesus is talking about himself. He is the good shepherd that laid down his life for his sheep. Amen? Luke 19.10. Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was what? That which was lost. He is that shepherd that goes out and seeks that one that is lost until he finds it. Why did Jesus leave the splendor of heaven for that stable in Bethlehem? Why did he leave the the streets of gold for those dusty roads of Jericho? Why did he uh, lay down his diadem, that golden diadem, for a crown of thorns? Why did Jesus endure that, that pain, that suffering, that shame of Calvary's cross? Why? Because you and I, we were lost without any hope. That's why. Amen. He is the good shepherd that went searching for his lost sheep. We are in desperate need of a savior. And that's exactly why Jesus came. It doesn't matter what we've done. Or how long we've been caught up in it. Amen. It doesn't matter how long we've been caught up in those sins. Jesus loves us unconditionally, and he is constantly seeking after us. Verse 5. And when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. We see the redeeming nature of God the Son in those few verses. Amen? Look at verse 8. What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, look what she does. Lights a lamp, sweeps the house, and searches carefully until she finds it. We need to understand that spiritually speaking, this lady is an illustration, she represents God's Holy Spirit. How He shines light upon truth, and he, how He stirs up our heart to respond to His calling, and His drawing us to Jesus Christ. Amen? Throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a lamp, that, uh, that illuminates and reveals the truth of God's Word to our hearts. You see that the Holy Spirit. That is the the revealing nature of God's Holy Spirit. We saw the redeeming nature of God the Son. We see the revealing nature of God's Holy Spirit. Now let's look at the receiving nature of God the Father. Verse 16. The Son would gladly have filled His stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave Him anything. But when He came to Himself came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and yet I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he Was still a great way off. His father saw him. Had compassion and ran. And fell on his neck. And he kissed him. You see that son. Finally realized. That he was lost. That he was spiritually bankrupt. Away apart from his father. He realizes. I need to go home. Amen. Amen. I need to come home. But no doubt he had a lot of questions on his heart. Am I worthy to go home? Will my father still accept me when I go home? I failed him over and over. Will he still love me? I've been living away and I haven't been living right. And so many today have these same questions about our Heavenly Father. We need to understand that God loves us unconditionally. That means there is nothing that we can do to make Him love us more. And there's nothing that we can do to make Him love us less. Amen? He loves us unconditionally regardless of what we do. Amen? Amen? He just wants us to come home. I want to close with this thought. Jesus told this parable to the Pharisees and the scribes. The religious leaders that were criticizing him for sitting and being and eating with sinners. Why? They criticized Christ for being with sinners because they believed that they were good people and they didn't need a Savior. They thought they were better than a sinner. But we have to know this. There is no one so sinful that they cannot be saved. And there is no one so good that they don't need to be saved. Amen? It's time to come home.